3: Well, good morning and welcome back to the Jesus and Paula show, the Paula Price show. So many shows over the years, but always the same theme, making God make sense. And we're going to come back in a moment to what we're doing, reviving that. Let's just talk where God makes sense. If you haven't seen it already floating around on social media, welcome to this week's broadcast. I say this every week because it's true. We really don't know where we're going to go in the Holy Ghost trail. Whenever you say Jesus is in charge and in control, and you actually let him do that, you can go any number of places that he wants to go. And that's uh, what we're really seeing, I would say, in this era of the church, in this era of the world, is how many ministers really are going God's way, and how many are not. And it's not until you are challenged or questioned or your back's against the wall or you have to take a stand, especially when you have to take a stand for what is not popular in the church or the world, that's when you really find out who you're standing for and who is standing in you. Is Christ in you or is somebody else in you? and in this season it for sure 2020 and now 2021 it has been every analogy, every cliche, everything, every scripture we can say line in the sand has been drawn separating the men from the boys, the women from the girls everything to note who is really really on the lord's side and before we didn't think there really was a side other than the Lord's, especially in the house of the Lord. Well, yeah, I mean, we're all naming the name of Jesus. We're all coming together on Sundays, and we're doing what we do. So what do you mean who's on the Lord's side? But now we can really see the difference in ministers, ministries, ministries messages, uh, how there are some who have taken on what's going on, uh, bull by the horns and say, we're going to deal with this thing. You have others who, uh, sorry, that's not my job. That's not what we're supposed to do here. Um, Others who are afraid of it. Well, I don't want to upset the church and and then mess up the tithing and all that kind of stuff. And then others who are like, listen, whatever God says, that's what we're going to do. And this extended trial, bless the Lord, all my soul, is become a showcase for God to really prove his point because there were things that were said before this that leaders such as Dr. Price and others like her who were you're just so judgmental you're how can you say that how can you whatever you can't preach that and now it's much more apparent and obvious to those who believe because we know the, the truth has rolled out in front of people's faces. And you know what they've said? I don't care what anybody says. All I know is what I believe is. And so it's, it, this explains everything about where the church is, but most importantly, where the church is not. Where the body of Christ is not. We, we've been able to um, validate abdicating from positions of power, especially politically speaking, uh, uh, whether it's local or on the federal level. We've been able to validate uh, pulling back. We've been able to validate a a gospel that's full of cotton candy. Listen, we just got a cotton candy machine. It's the congregation almighty. And I want to say that it's fantastic. But let me tell you what, that sugar goes straight to my head because I don't eat sugar like that anymore. And, boy, I had some, again, on Sunday after Saturday. And it was like, boom, I had a sugar head ache for a day because it's just straight sugar. Tastes so good, and it did, because I had the, the uh, what is it, the green apple on Saturday, which is my favorite, I'm just saying. And then the grape on Sunday, also a favorite, but it did not favor me. It did not favor me at all, so the next time I'll just get a smaller portion, that's all. But what is the deal with cotton candy? Moisture in the air melts it. You don't even have to hit it hard with water. You could just see just the essence of water in the air, and it's melting, and it's sticking to your fingers, and it's all on your face, and whatever. In the church, well, a lot of our church right now is cotton candy. Tastes good, looks good, smells good. Zero substance. Just. A sugar rush. And what do we know about a sugar high? Sugar will take you high and throw you low. Boom. I mean throw you down. Not even a nice decline. No, no. Because however it rushes you up, that's how it drops you off. And so our sugar high is over in the body of Christ, because we just want to be sweet, 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 just be sweet, just be sweet, just do anything to stay sweet, stay nice, be nice, not in the word, just be nice, be nice, and um, a really strong storm has blown in, and the rain of that storm is like, and the church is having a meltdown, but it's a necessary one, because we need to burn away the chaff, separating and, and exposing the tares among the wheat, sheep and goats, and it's not until you get into a hard place that you really find out who's who and who's not, who's just saying it and who has become it, not just doing, because there are a lot of people doing things that have not yet become. Leading into what we're becoming and what we're doing, okay, we're bringing back some old amazing things. We're launching into something new tonight at 6, 6 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Dr. Price is joining uh, Torah Grace Ministries. Let me get the description here uh, tonight. Again, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, and it will be on the YouTube channel. And the the thing is up there on your screen: Kingdom Dynasty Global Ministries International. Pastor Torah Grace is the host of that. Dr. Price is going to be addressing, of course, one of her strongest subjects. I don't know. I think they're all pretty strong at this point, but. Spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. (laughs) As the author of the Prophet's Dictionary. She's just being very funny over here. As the author of the Prophets' Dictionary, Laying Down Spiritual Warfare, and even tying that, then they want our Price to tie it to the theme of this year's Apostolic Summit, which is the mind of a principality and why we need the mind of a principality in order to be successful in this warfare that we are in. So tune in, um, look for us, we'll share it on Dr. Price's social media when she goes live on YouTube so that you know how to follow if you're watching us on YouTube if you, uh, or watching us on Facebook. If you are watching on YouTube again, let me get that channel right, Kingdom Dynasty Global Ministries International is the YouTube channel. Also rolling out a few what's old is new again things and then what's old to us is new to you things. Uh, this Friday, which will be tomorrow, October 1st, is the first ever, I guess, under this official title, the Millennial Exchange, a table talk mixer. Back in the day when we were younger, Dr. Price was, I mean, we hemmed her up all the time. It's amazing she got anything done, I promise you, because she had a church full of college kids. <laughs> And having a church full of college kids, it's like having a house full of college kids. They consume everything. We ate all of her food, which was always very good. We were always at her house because, well, the dorms closed <laughs> during holidays and things like that. And um, just bombarded all of her personal space. And she let us. It's, it's just very interesting how that happens, especially when God is raising you up. And she loves pouring into all generations, but especially the young generation, because of what the potential is being the foundation that's laid in first before the enemy has time to sow seeds or if he has sown seeds, how to uproot them and rebuild and restore and heal those who have been taken over by the enemy. And so we're going to show you a promo for that. Also Sunday, October 10th, second Sunday of the month. Now we've been doing let's talk soul Sundays for a couple of years here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now we are opening it up to the public and this is like uh, uh, soul clinic i call dr price the original solologist now she calls herself the solologist first but i tag on their original because there are those out there who are picking that up for themselves but this is where they got it from and so she's the original solologist so there's going to be a promo for that and then a promo for this year's apostolic summit in november right here in tulsa oklahoma we'll be right back after these messages Okay, we've gone around the world and now we're back <laughs> so let's talk about tomorrow night the millennial exchange a millennial a tabletop mixer um, goes back to the essence of who dr. price has always been as far as pouring in to the younger generation pouring into people question and answer if you've been around for a while you've heard the stories of her doing this as far back as when profit was in her first college in Philadelphia And then here we launched Let's Just Talk in 2000 in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which ultimately rolled over into becoming Dr. Price's first television show that broadcast in 2003, I think. We started, we did it, 2003. And the show was called Let's Just Talk Where God Makes Sense. And Dr. Price would bring a message. It started in a hotel room, little hotel room upstairs, which ultimately grew into a big hotel room downstairs, and then a studio audience. which is why you have got to stay faithful to what God called you to do that's a whole other conversation this is about this and so she uh, did that and with it she would bring a message and then open up the floor for question and answers and we could ask questions about any and everything if you follow dr. price's YouTube channel she has a couple of them especially the one from way back in the day that we started there are clips from let's just talk you'll see some of us that you may not exactly recognize Which I have heard a few times. Papa Ashley. I didn't realize that was you. You look 12 years old, which I can see now that I look 12. I didn't think so then, but that's why people talk to me like I was 12. (laughs) At least, I'm like, can I at least get 15? Can I be 15 years old? And in those, I was, I think I was um, 24, 25 host is so profitable, like we were all the kids and the girls. I was the micro then, still have the microphone. And so she would, there was no question that we could not ask, not one. I mean, why do, and, and some of the subjects that you see and taking it on with Paula Price and things like that were addressed way back then, still issues today. Why do bad things happen to good people? If I love somebody and I love them with all my heart, why didn't God keep them alive? Why didn't he save them? And we have all these things that happen. I think that's probably where most people got stuck in that issue is how can certain things happen? How, why did God let that? And I remember one of the times, one of the first times when Dr. Price said, well, you understand that God is either all in or not in at all. And so it's not, he's not can't cherry pick what to stop or not stop because of it, because it happened to us. You notice when things don't happen to us, are like, oh, that's unfortunate or that's whatever. But when it does happen to us, we start a mission. We start a campaign. When there was a, a minister in the body of Christ who, um, was involved with domestic violence as it came out. All of a sudden, she was very what loud about it, and we need to do something about this. And what did a lot of people say? Oh, so now that it happened to you, it's a problem that everybody needs to stop their world for. And so that that particular issue and issues like that were addressed way back then. Questions about aliens, capital punishment abortion, suicide, things that are still issues right now on where was God's mind, where is God's mind, I should say. And so the tagline, where God makes sense. So as we're rolling out, again, the uh, Millennial Exchange, a table talk mixer, you're invited to join us, especially if you're a millennial. We're going to meet here at the embassy at 630. Bring your own snacks and refreshments, okay? Mix it yourself. Bring it as long as it's the Jesus mix, not one of those other mixes. <laughs> or you can join us on Clubhouse. Dr. Price's Clubhouse debut will be the Millennial Exchange. And uh, we're super, super, super excited about it. This really just resurfaced uh, Sunday was our church anniversary. Sunday, Apostle Stephen Holt was here. He laid us out. All right. The Table 2, Table Talk 2. And afterwards, in the afternoon, we watched a movie here in church, and it was called Divination. And then um, we had brief follow-up with Dr. Price. And as she was walking out of the sanctuary, a group of our young people were sitting together, and so she just got in a conversation with them about several things. I, in that moment, I thought, man, I could really be recording this. And one of our young people said, well, you know, Dr. Price, we, are millennials. And we were like, oh, this is the millennial group who is sitting there. And so she said, you know what? I need to connect with my millennials. As millennials and so that's how we are reviving really the let's just talk idea but for this millennial generation so many questions that people either can't answer or aren't willing to answer And it's easy to get on board when the majority is saying it and doing it. You don't even have to think about it. It's just expected. But when God taps you to do something that others may not be bold enough to do, may not be willing enough to do, that's when you find out why the, uh, as we call them, the old guard is the old guard. And that they're still the guard as older saints. (laughs) And not... The, oh, yeah, you know, I remember, well, what happened to, and I just don't, and see, we don't factor in that when you punk out uh, what God tells you to do, he slides you to another place, and then you're noted as not being reliable to do the hard things or to do maybe certain things in this particular area that might just be challenging for you, whereas... Fifty other people don't have an issue, but it's one for you. And so, uh, in resurrecting this whole show and doing this, I think it'll be monthly. Though we said once a month, something like that. It'll be something regular um, to reach into these muddy, now dirty, uh, controversial topics and areas in the body of christ and get your hands in it as a leader and as god's apostle as his general and because generals have the strategy they have the tactics they have the maneuverability not just the hammer and many times we just want apostles to be around to be a hammer and you want to uh, you know in raising up apostles well we just always have to back some of them down hold on now we have we have to have people In the kingdom, we have to ask people to work with. Jesus needs somebody to redeem. He needs somebody to restore. He redeemed you. He restored you. And so apostleship is not just a hammering, hammering, hammering. It's it's a saving. It's a restoring. It's a snatching out of the clutches of hell. It's all the places that a lot of people have been preached into being afraid to go, which is why Dr. Price is teaching on the Dunamite series so that we can get our head straight about our identity coming back to being the elect of jesus christ and not the christians of the world or the church and shifting all of that but then doing something different so it you know like it said in the promo making god make sense in this millennial age and into this millennial generation there is so much convolution so much error heresy flat out just doctrines of we don't even know what all-sounding very sweet and nice because somehow we think that a seduction of the enemy is going to be a big billboard sign. Hi, I am here to deceive. You may now resume your sermon. It's it's not that. A genuine seduction is not obvious. A genuine one sounds like maybe wisdom, sounds like good counsel. Sounds like a good idea. It could be an answer to prayer, in quotes. Look like an answer to prayer and be completely getting you off point. False doors and false opportunities. I mean, Dr. Price, I remember the first time she preached on that years ago. Beware of false doors and false opportunities. I thought, when I first heard it, I thought, that's a thing? What's a false door and a false opportunity? Well, one that looks true but is not. Usually, popping its head up at the perfect time to sabotage your life the day the season the year the month before the ultimate whatever or the next big thing that god has in store for you so what might be a false door and opportunity for me may not be one for rachel she's sitting here i'll talk about her. i'll talk about you may not be one for her okay cotton candy might not be a false door for everybody we'll just use cotton candy because it's cotton candy the names of the guilty we will not name, all right? But cotton candy might not be a false store for everybody, but it might be one for you. Or in a season where, hey, God is trying to get your health right, get everything straight. I just want this one piece of sweet. Whatever that sweet is to you, it might actually be sweets, But it might be something that God has delivered you from in your soul. Delivered, uh, sent, removed people out of your life. And here comes so-and-so. Texting, calling, I have some clients that God has walked out of some serious things and like clockwork until we started beating that thing down in the spirit realm, certain people would come back. Men from the past, women from the past, haven't talked to somebody in 20 literal years, and now all of a sudden you're on the cusp of breakthrough, the cusp of whatever, and messenger, text, hey, is this still your phone number? No, no what? I just, I don't know why I thought of you the other day. You're like, I do. And we are ending this conversation right now. Uh, did you get my, nope, sometimes you just don't answer. Well, I don't want them to think I'm ignoring them. That's It's better that you ignore them than you have to dig yourself out of a pit of hell nine months from now, a year from now. Consider the alternatives, And so uh, dealing with this with the millennials and digging deep into the soul issues, into divination. That movie was so very interesting because it illustrated so clearly how Satan whispers in your ear, gets you to start believing things, and then spreading things, and then bringing them into your family. And it's just very interesting to see it depicted, especially the spirit realm personified. There was a lot of, as Dr. Price addressed, a lot of Catholic overtones because that is who made it. So um, you have to be mindful of those differentiations and knowing what is Scripture, what is doctrine, uh, Catholic doctrine, and all those kind of things. But to personify the spirit realm, now it's like when you think about certain things that you're feeling, you can see a face of a being. Because we teach here that creation is a being. And everything that God made is a being. It is alive. And, and not just a vapor. Because to us, invisible means a vapor. No substance anywhere. Because we can't harness you in here on earth. And, uh, and so be mindful of that. Again, that's why Dr. Price is going to be on with Torah Grace tonight on YouTube 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. You don't want to miss it. We're going to share it uh, when they go live so you can see what is going on with the spiritual warfare. How are we supposed to address it? I I would like to know, <coughs> Dr. Price, um, what, does, what does spiritual warfare look like in action? Because sometimes I think we think we know what it looks like to be in warfare. And something that Dr. Price has said to us as ministers over the years is she said, um, you know, I would really appreciate it if my prophets knew when they were under attack. Where <laughs> are so the crickets? You're like, huh. And she said, I would love for you to know as trainees when you're under attack, when each other is under attack, and when you're operating a lot in your flesh and mostly in your flesh then you won't recognize it, and you might actually be facilitating somebody else's attack, especially running that mouth, Woo, running that mouth, and other ways that you can be under attack and not even know it. And I remember the first time I heard her say that, I thought, "Um, what? (laughs) Because I thought if you're under attack, it should be obvious, right? I mean, attacks are obvious, but your body can be under attack for a while before you know it. Things can be breaking down, going through, malfunctioning, going sideways, up and down, fluctuating, and you, in fact, might be the last person to find out that something is off in your body. Anybody ever experienced that? And you're like, oh, I just thought that was a little something, and it turns out to be a big something. And with that, this is why the broadcast tonight, uh, tomorrow night, why we do Soul Sundays, when she said in the beginning, your talent can take you where your soul can't keep you. I think that answers so many questions about how you can get into a certain place and not be successful. Or you can see how something can be done but not follow through. And after a while, you can always blame other people, but you have to kind of look around and say, No matter where I go, everywhere I go, this happens. And because we have, like, conspiracy theory all over the place in the body of Christ, spiritual conspiracy theory, it's always the mystery devil. This is just the devil. This is just the devil. This is just the devil. After a while, you have to see, is the devil thee? (laughs) Okay? Are you the devil in your life taking yourself out? So it was... The devil in uh, California, and then it was the devil in Florida, and then you moved to Canada, and then you lived on a, uh, a boathouse by yourself, and then the devil showed up there, and then they, every job you had. So somewhere, and as uh, Doctor Price has taught us, that the common denominator is you. Hello, her Grace. She is online. Hey, can't wait to have the, to the she said can't wait to have the general on with us tonight. That's the tour, of Grace. Well, the general can't wait to be with you. She said she's excited. Thank you for tuning in. And and so you have got to look at the common denominator being you. Know, I think that's the probably the greatest challenge and test of integrity and righteousness. Let me examine myself before I blame others. Blame is so easy. I mean, it's, it can be a reflex. That. And I just, and oh, 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 oh. Some of my most uh, painful mentoring moments with Dr. Price <clears throat> over these last couple of decades have been those moments right there. I mean, I'm up in arms about somebody, something. And I know I'm right. I just know it. And she's going to let me get all my steam out. And then say, but you know that you don't do this, this, and this, and they do. Which is why they actually get the results that you think you should have and you don't have okay, I need to go recover for a year from that reality because it's true. (laughs) Whenever you're really submitted to your mentor, they can tell you those hard truths and it blows you down because it's not what you want to hear, but it's true. It's true. And you have to go back and say, yeah. And now I'm really mad because I know she's right. Okay, and then you don't blame your mentor and you don't give them the silent treatment and you don't do all of these other things that people do when they don't hear what they want to hear from somebody who is in their life to take them to a certain place. You know, mentorship is one of my hot buttons because I've seen so many talented people with tremendous potential blow their lives up over moments just like that. So whoever needs to hear this to the people in the back. Don't blow up your life because, oh, my goodness, look at you. Listen, people in this studio, people in this studio cutting straight up. I mean, you went out of your way to just be out of order. Okay? To the people in the front, all right,
0: if that's the point,
3: you're going to make it here. Blow up their whole lives. Because they cannot handle the truth. I can't even believe I said that. You can't handle the truth. All right, when the truth is coming, you want to hear everything but that. And then you tell people, I want you to be honest with me. And then when they are, there's nothing but punishment. So either you trust somebody's judgment or you don't. Either you're submitted or you're not. But this is not a game that when you're in that mentee position, you don't call the shots. And if you're somebody who is not accustomed to not calling the shots, being submissive is challenging. It is hard. If you've been abused, if you've been molested, then authority is not necessarily a good thing to you. But it's still a good thing to God. And so you have got to sort those things out in your soul to make sure that you're not sabotaging and blowing up your life or about to because of you not wanting to accept the truth for what it is, especially about yourself. Those are the ones that you're like, (laughs) and you ever notice that in those seasons where you don't want to accept it, you're just traveling around that mountain another year, another five, because you can set yourself that five, 10, 15, 20 years. We don't realize that you can have a decades-long setback whenever you interrupt whatever God has moved heaven and earth to put together. He works hard to bring things together. He works hard. When I think about what it took for me to actually be obedient to move to Tulsa, as well as Dr. Price to be obedient to move to Tulsa, (laughs) obedience, hmm, oh, we talked about that the other week, okay. What all of that took, how many people, how much money how many lives, how many open doors, uh, how many connections, how many relationships had to be built in order to bring all of this together and for somebody to blow it, to do whatever, to, to, to walk away, to not look back, to, call, to allow anything to be the breach and the reason of something that might be a hairline fracture that you're just going to take a sledgehammer to and blow apart and then blame God and always, the you know, the church is always blamed. Always. It's always God's people's fault. Always. You notice how we are never responsible when things don't go right? I mean, what did Prophet Tala say last night? Can we talk about your daughter for just a minute? We're going to talk about your daughter. Awesome. The chief prophet. My
0: God.
3: last not On last night. So we have the youth group, yes. and uh, we, we, all, we all end about the same time. And so if we end a little bit early, I just take the teens. We go into the chapel and sit in the back for Wednesday Warriors, or they sit with their parents or whatever. I don't know what we walked into. I need to go back and watch all thing. <laughs> I don't know what we walked into in Wednesday Warriors, but that chief prophet, I got to call her by her full title. That chief prophet. Yes. Not just chief prophet, that chief prophet. She was in it on your mouth and conduct and something cleaning up in the house and, and uh, about your contribution to the problem. And she said that it was Lucifer who was in heaven and brought it to heaven, his mess, and tainted the whole thing. And so while it's easy to judge what's off in an environment, are you the off ingredient? Did you bring the off? Did you bring the stink? Did you bring the gossip? Did you bring the dissension? Did you bring the division? Was it you? And I thought... Oh, I just sat down and then I stood up and then I sat down and then I stood up and then I walked around and then I sowed a seed. I said, "My goodness, I just Lord have mercy!" And then pray a prayer, as only a chief prophet can pray, and maybe assistant chief because you know, Lord, Hallelujah. <laughs> they, they they some praying prophets around here. Yeah, prophet Tamir, okay, the prophets can pray and and rolled it and broke that thing down, taking ownership and responsibility for your possible contribution to the problem that you're actually complaining about mm-hmm. are you the divisive one in the office that's keeping mess going are you the one who is keeping people riled up against the young leaders because you don't like their age are you the one who is whispering this and as dr price's favorite phrase <laughs> at least he hasn't said it in a while with dropping turds everywhere <laughs> just dropping your little Yeah, isn't that terrible? That's like, oh, exactly, because that's what it is in the spirit. It's just a stink bomb. Just stinks. After you've been around, is the environment now all messed up, fouled up because of what you, the essence of you? What are you leaving and bringing to the table? Carolyn Henderson, Chief and Jesus, last night, shots fired, nothing but the truth. (laughs) That's the truth. And And her point was, we can't be dunamites. Like, you can't say you want to move in God's power and be that, carnal. You can't say, and please, by all means, don't be an intercessor, running your mouth against God's people. And God's people really are all the people that are here, Anybody, leaders, congregants, sheep, it doesn't matter. Don't think of just because you're not talking about a leader that you're not out of order. And and so she was running down that dunamite power is not like a switch. God's not gonna say, Oh, flip the dunamite switch Moving power, moving power, moving power. Okay, switch off, be carnal, be nasty, be mean, be divisive. Oh, time to be a dunamite again. Like Superman, I'm just gonna be Clark Kent all the time and then as soon as I pull open my shirt, a cape comes out of nowhere. Where did his clothes? I mean like how does that even happen? Like he right? It's like the Hulk, you just rip off the well and so and then Right. And so that's not how any of this works. That's not how it works. And that judgment has gone out in the house of the Lord. His hand has gone out. And we're seeing, and we're seeing already, people who normally have favor have no favor. See, this is how it looks like sometimes when God's hand of judgment is on you and you're not sure that's what's happening and you want to blame the devil. You have no favor anywhere. They, they don't want to help you in the unemployment line. They don't want to help you in the disability line. They don't want to help you in the food stamp line. Now, on paper, you qualify for everything under the sun, and nobody cares about your problem. No matter how much you scream, no matter how much you threaten, no matter what you do, it's like doors don't open. People don't even hear you anymore. You're, You're crying to people, and it's like they're a stone. And previously, that was not the case. Sometimes when that happens, you really have to discern is it the enemy trying to frustrate what god is doing or is it god saying i need to get your attention or i'm not going i cannot bless you as we're taught here because the judgment against this action is already in motion against you the judgment of gossip is already against you the judgment of division, the judgment of tail bearing and and backbiting and whispering and gossiping and whoring around. The judgment on all those things has already gone out, and it has to play out before rest, before we can talk about restoration. When people commit crimes, that's great. When the family says I forgive the person who did it, but due process still has to play out. That's wonderful when they have those moments in court and the the family of the victim is. Hugging and forgiving the person who did it I mean that's a powerful moment But they still go to jail And their personal forgiveness Does not override the legal system And so you can do things to people and You can do things to God's people and, And other random people that nobody knows about And they might forgive you But that doesn't mean that the law of God Still does not have to play out against that action And these are things that You don't hear preached, which is why people think they can do anything, and as long as they say I'm sorry, that it's going to restore everything. First time I heard Dr. Price teach about the prodigal, as it was written, not as I had heard it preached. She said, well, yeah, I mean, he came back and his father loved him and gave him a job and a dinner and everything, threw him a party, but he did not get another inheritance. That was blown forever. You went from inheritance to salary. hmm, Selah, and the brother over there having to fit. <laughs> and his father had to break it down, son, but you, you, have, you have me, you have my mom, you have everything. I'm going to love him. And see, we have a lot of people so proud of being prodigals oh, because God received them back as a son or daughter in his loving arms. But they have forfeited their rights to ever receive another inheritance. And these are serious times that we are in. Serious times. And he blew his dad's money, you know, and he, re- he wrecked his dad's reputation on some level, obviously. Isn't that, isn't that so-and-so's son? What is that is that so and so son whats so and sos child doing out here? Ooh, I saw him going into the place where the windows are blacked out. I saw him going and hanging with, and oh yeah, then uh, I saw him on the street under the, the living with the homeless people, and he that, that guy messed up a lot for his father. We can just infer that based on who his dad is and how things happen now. Mm-hmm. Especially when your child cuts up and you're a powerful person in the region. Everybody wants to know how. Mm-hmm. How am I? How? What happened? What happened? What happened? And so we have a lot of people messing over the Lord, messing over their inheritance in Christ, messing over their promises and opportunities, always thinking, Well, if I go back, well, of course, the particle was like, I hope this works, (laughs) but a lot of us are walking around with a real cocky attitude because we have a doctrine that has taught us to be reckless. You want to talk about reckless love? We have reckless love, not God. It's not the reckless love of God. It's the reckless love of us. Reckless with our love, just being willy-nilly with it, throwing it all over the place, here today, gone tomorrow flirting around in this ministry, flirting around in that one, flirting around with this and dancing around with that and playing the harlot over here and shopping ourselves around spiritually. And I'm going to listen to the. Well, I know you're my spiritual covering, but actually I'm going to see who this is, what this person is saying and what that person is saying. And see, playing a very dangerous game in God, very dangerous. Because this libertine gospel teaches us that you can pretty much do whatever you want as long as it bears witness with your spirit. And as long as your spirit is at peace, there should be no consequences. Well, I tell you what, serial killers are at peace when they kill people. In fact, they're getting a nice high off of taking somebody else's life. Study it. So you can't use that as a standard for when you are erroneous in Christ. You can't use your self-fulfilling emotional rush as a way to discern when God is pleased with you and when he's not. This is how we're in trouble right now. We're going to see people just move to the side, dropping dead, having massive situations in their bodies, in their families, crises in their homes. And we'll want to say as good as they've been to God. How can that happen? And God will say, have they? Uh, silence. My child, my son, my daughter, my parents, my job, da- my or I, 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 I. Please don't start the I, I, I's with the Lord because he will start the you, you, you's. And he will open up the book of your life and show you how he has seen your decisions and how your decisions have affected his kingdom. You don't know what you said that just destroyed somebody and they walked away from the Lord and never came back. One person, hundreds of people, dozens of people. You don't know. You don't know what people have walked away from their assignment in their post because of what you planted in them, what seeds you put in there in water. You don't know. And then again, maybe you do. But I tell you what, this is going to be a season that we will find out what, in fact, And who is on the Lord's side, who is not, who's been playing a very dangerous game with their destiny, a very dangerous game with their sovereign. We just did a three-week series um, with the youth on Jesus, you know, king and kingdom, Jesus as king. And uh, Tyranny taught it because she's one of our youth leaders. And what's hilarious is she had it in uh, Price University. And she had to press, my gosh. She had to take a couple attempts to get that class She'll tell it. She said, oh, no, I had to take this class a couple of times because I just couldn't get the final. She couldn't get the final paper done. And now she's teaching it. She says, oh, my goodness. She said, that's why when you said it to me, I just laughed and laughed. And so she did a three-part series, three-week series with our teenagers on King and Kingdom. And it was great because they learned what it means to serve a king, his expectations, what it is to be in a kingdom and not just a congregation, and how to think like a sovereign. And it was very, very comical and enlightening because our kids are deep. I mean, our teenagers are really deep. Prophet Angela's son, Kunta,
1: k you know Kunta. k going to run the class, it's going to be
3: Kunta. I'm telling you what. And everybody, he'll give his answers, and then it's like, yes, yeah. yes, yes, that's –
1: that's he's a very trist- brilliant yeah. young man. Eight- yeah. What is he, 18? 18. Very brilliant. And just very calm. Like, to him,
3: he asked questions like, matter of fact. Well, yeah. well <laughs> Anna, Anna, Anna. and here's what we'll do. He'll, do. he'll go back like six months in your series, and he's just sitting there so... That's what Doctor Price meant when she said this about the Garden of Eden and how in Revelation and then uh on Thursday's broadcast mm. and so tonight wow, okay, so that just all makes sense. So yes. we're like
1: Sure it does. Yes. it does. Right, Kunta. Yeah, that's that's right, Kunta. You you go with that. Okay. <laughs>
3: no. okay. He, he
1: stunned me the first well,
3: president time
1: the the easily. He stunned me the first time we had the men's breakfast and, you know, I helped them inaugurate it and all of that. And they were just bouncing around and sharing their thoughts and whatnot. And he comes up and said, but if, if, if Ephesians 5.29 means that, does that mean marriage? You ain't married, baby. But that's all right. right. You got it.
3: Right.
1: You got it. You're going to have a happy wife. Wait, you and, all, and all the guys- like, <laughs> hello. Okay. And all the
3: guys were like,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: And then they look at yeah, little brother. <laughs> they like, it. yeah, look at that. And and you never know where the heart of God is coming from. The word of God can come from a lot of mouths. Oh my. But the heart of God can only come from those who love him. Okay. Hmm. And those who love him because they've experienced him. That's how you do it. People I read this I was reading this week just What Jesus called those who love me. He said, but those who love me keep my commandments. They said, because they don't want me to look bad. They don't want me to have to judge them or someone else because of their error. He said said over and over, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, then you'll do what I command you. If you love me. So God is like, I don't care how much y'all profess love. I'm looking at how y'all expressing your love by keeping my commandments. By because that's what he's measuring, because heaven is based on love. But that love is not that mushy, gushy, ishy stuff. That love is everybody does things God's way. That's heaven. Love for God is everybody in God's realm does things God's way. Everyone. There is no variation, because those who varied got kicked out. See, Satan wanted another love, another Way So God said that he created the antithesis of love, which is hate. Everybody in God's world does things God's way. They, they, they think the way he thinks. They feel what he feels the way he feels it. Yeah. It doesn't make a difference that I'm angry. God is like, well, I'm, I, I'm compassionate. Well, most I bless you, then I will adjust my emotions. Mm-hmm. I will adjust my sentiments. But in God's world, they don't have that. They don't run around talking about, now, we got, he's got several realms, so we're not talking about the devil realm. All right. Because he's got several, because all of it belongs to him. So you can tell God, Jesus, but I love you. And, and this is what we'll say to him, I love you, but I can't.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And God said, but I gave you my grace, too. Mm-hmm. So if I gave you grace, then you can't tell me you can't. Right. Because grace is there to erase can't and to enable can't. That's what grace does, see, and it's early, and so it's early. So as we go forward, everybody does things God's way, and we don't, you know, in heaven, they don't have arguments about the most high. We don't have roundtable discussions. We don't have think tanks in God's realm because everybody thinks the same. would be the most boring think tank in creation, Right. the most boring, numbing, round table because everybody's going to talk about how much they love God and how right the Most High was. And whoo, did you see how that turned out? And did you see? Yeah, I know because I was in that. See, they talk like that. When Jesus went to be glorified for Calvary, all of those 24 elders could have had a lot of opinions about how he did it. Instead, they threw their crowns at his feet. Because when God so when you accept God as God, you realize that even your crown is undeserved. That's how they do in God's world. Now, I don't just say it because I can read it. I can read it over and over again. Angels show up. Those angels went to war for God to win, not to just take a country for the taking's sake. They went to war for God to win. Gabriel and, and uh uh, Michael and all of them, they war for jesus rightful inheritance. we don't care about this man's inheritance that 's why we have oppositional views wow. and oppositional perspectives because we don 't really want God to win because if God wins, he may not give us the glory
0: Come on, Come on. see because we we're
1: in it for the glory, but not his and so and all of this does not start. Early in God. God knows you come to him like a little kid. That little kid does not care about whether mama eats or not. They don't care about anything but their personal and immediate physical satisfaction. That is a child.
0: On okay? Yes.
1: Kids don't care that you're carrying them in your $500 soup, and they got to poop. Kids going to poop on your $500 soup. And they're going to wait. And <laughs> You know, they don't care. They don't care about vomiting on you. Kids don't care because that's what kids do. They're not, they don't enter the world with restraint. They don't enter the world with perceptions. They enter the world with one thing, needs. That's it. By the time they get to adolescence, that need turns to greed. So now, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in greed mode. You've you got to buy me. My friends have it. I shouldn't. And see, but, and then so by the time you get to adolescence, so when you get to adulthood, these formations, these, these formative uh, um, uh, elements of your soul, of your psyche, rule you or either you rule them. And if you don't rule them, then they will rule you, but they will also overrule God. And we overrule God all the time. Yeah, Lord, I know you said that, bud. Mm-hmm. Well, God, I would have, bud. But, Lord, if it hadn't been for a bud, and so if we can get your butt out the way. Oh my wow. Dot, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So you don't understand. Jesus, when God said the, uh, to the measure and stature of Jesus Christ, that wasn't just something that he wanted to Um, he wanted to just say, okay, well, let me just throw you into the realm of the impossible because I know you can never do it. No, measure and stature, metric and metron. We made it maturity because that's how we do it, but you can't measure maturity the way you can measure a stature. Hmm. Jesus stands tall for God. Jesus goes to the limit for God. Jesus breaches the limit for his father. Jesus measures his father's goods. He's a good he knows the inventory of everything God made that means every human being and all of the elements and faculties and, and everything that's in it. so when you, when he said measure and stature, he was not just talking about how uh, a behavior that people can can give an opinion on you realize that maturity is an opinion thing yes. it's, a, it's an observation and an and opinion. But, see, God doesn't use those words because heaven operates on what we learned a couple of weeks ago, cellulation. How many cells did this generate? Mm -hmm. What's the character? What is the nature of these cells that are supposed to be generating and manifesting Jesus Christ? Mm -hmm. So God is going to tell you a third of your soul is off or a fourth of this is off. And so yeah. we don't want to do it God's way. Today, especially Satan, Satan needs, he needs, he needs abstract. He needs fluid. He needs fuzzy. He needs blurry. Why? Because then he gets to determine the metron. I want this much fuzz, this much blur, this much blurb, this much blob. That is not God. God will tell you. That we have not measured up we've not hit because God is already has a template the template that exists God's perfect template is Jesus Christ Mm
0: -hmm.
1: perfect template but he also knows things are born cell by cell bit by bit they come into existence and you keep they keep adding until they've come to the full functionality but also the full organics and then the functionality so you don't, when you come, when you're put in the womb, this is why he uses metrics measure, because when you're put in the womb, when you enter the womb, you're into the womb as a single blob, little something. But we notice that what happens is that the something, it keeps multiplying others until it has what the pattern in the template says. Nobody ever says, Well, that's a real mature template. <laughs> you know, they tell you that it's, it, it, it's accurate, it's precise, it's relevant, it's functional. So God is always weighing things. He is. He said that. You. You know. What did He say to to uh, Nebuchadnezzar's grandson? You've been weighed in the balance. He didn't say you behaved imbalanced. Oh my!
0: Oh wow! Uh-huh. He said
1: you've been weighed in the balance and found wanting. Meaning your numbers didn't add up to what we said.
0: Ooh, come on. The
1: entire scope. Sculpt- then I metron. We like to talk about metron. Paul said the measure. We like to talk about metron, but we don't understand why heaven uses metron. God would have known the word mature. He would have known the word sphere. But metron speaks to specifications. Specifications that God has already said. Mm. My God, hit that bell. I'm, I just couldn't even reach it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So Metron speaks to specifications. It speaks to benchmarks that are not yards. He said, we changed Mark. I pressed toward the mark. Right. We changed it to something else. And we changed it to soft language because we are always humanizing God so that he does not get to deify us. Because mm-hmm. we're afraid God's feelings to get hurt. Right. What did Satan say to Eve? Yeah, because God knows you'll be like God. But he, they didn't even realize, but we are I came from him It never dawned on them, just like it doesn't dawn on many saints You're trying to kind of play with Satan's version of God's power Which is the corrupt version Which will not bring forth life Which will not When you think about all of the medical industry and you, I mean, I'm telling you it, Because it's dealing with the physiology of humanity Every machine has to be metricized They don't say mature They say metrons. this many beats, this many notches, this many rises, this many falls, this much frequency. See, all of that is God, which is why God can assess us. His assessments have nothing to do with just our, our, our observation or approval or agreement. He said, but I have a template. I'm running on a model. I have a model for the human body. And then I have a template for the human spirit and the human soul. So when I tell you to be the measure and stature of Jesus Christ, I'm saying something you don't want to deal with because you don't want to know the specifications because the Bible gives us specifications.
0: Right.
1: You will do this much. The tithe is very specific. Tenth. There are specifically 12 apostles, 12 tribes, seven hours in a day. Or rather, of 12 hours in a day, seven days in a week. So God is very specific, huh? Twenty-four. Well, I was thinking in the day, because Jesus said day and night. I didn't go in the night. 24 hours. 24-7. But God is very, you shall do the temple this way. You're going to build it this high. You're going to make these kind of bulbs. You're going to make this many this and this many that. All of that is metricized. And so when God, even though we don't realize it, when we use words like moral, God doesn't use, have a moral compass. He has a righteousness ruler right. or a righteousness can, canon. God has no moral compass because how are you going to compass God? All right? He doesn't have a moral compass because that's man-made. And so God talks, and I've been watching this, you know, since we've been going into this biotic teaching, but God has it. So every word of God, God said the hairs on your head are numbered, even the gray hairs. Didn't he say that? So he numbers the hairs on our heads. And I'm sure that he numbers our eyelashes and all of the other things because he couldn't build the whole human body without metrics, without measurement. The heart weighs this much. And the scientists will tell you that. Heart weighs this much. A lung weighs that much. And so when a lung is shrinking or something, they tell you that it's what? It's deformed or either it's unformed. And what do they say? Because it's this much off the scale. God does scales. So he is like, that's what judgment is. He's weighing it. So in God's realm, this whole sense of. A maturity being based on whether or not society likes you, doesn't like you, whether you behave a certain way or not, those are wonderful, but those are are literally, those are like outside of the perspective, outside the realm of how God does it. Realm comes real. In reality, it's measurable. And that's something that God wants us to start thinking. He says, so when I say the measure and stash of Jesus Christ, that means you started as a seed. People count their corn stalks. And they, they measure the height of their corn stalks. It's this big. It has this many kernels on it, so it's ready to be plucked. Y'all still there? Yeah. See, I need you to think. We have to think like the maker. Because, see, we can say... You know, even in our assessment, we kind of do that. People have a, a real – we have to change it because people then think certain things could be weighted. God weights things. He measures things. He scales them. He ranges them. He does all of that. So we did not think God would do that because we've been taught it's all theology, and theology is that mushy, you know, congestion and conglomeration of words and terms and phrases It is congested, because that's why you don't know what to do with it. It's congested because too much phlegm in it. And so we sit there, and we don't know what to do with it, so we don't break that out into a technology. You know, in the beginning, God is a a measured statement. In the beginning. First apostles is a metricized statement. There is a word called protonized. That's what apostles do. And so when we start going into all of this, like we want to get into all of these depths of spiritual things, but what we call spiritual is nothing but abstract humanism. So you can't be measured. So that's why God can tell you at the end, I know whether you made it. Because when you go to a scale exists for what you bring to it, to measure if what you bring to it is according to a standard, a model, a mode, a form, a weight. And it's about balance, and we can't. So God is like Jesus is balance, and that's and, and really dealing with Jesus, I have not been able to teach the revelations and dispensations of the Lord Jesus Christ that has been given to me. I feel like Paul. I was like, now, nah, God. I could imagine Paul saying, "Now, nah, nah, you know, Most High, imagine. I'm thinking, you know, Yeshua. Um, I'm not quite sure we can say that." Because we are so errant in our perception of God, not errant, forgive me, that is absolutely wrong. We are so immature. We're uninformed. So because we are uninformed, we're poorly formed. There's a reason why form is in the middle of information. Some form of something is to come out of what you hear, what you take in, what you eat, etc. So as we go forward trying to be mature in God, it is hard... God is an analyzer. He counted 70 elders. not 71, 72, I would have, you know, many people try to change it to 72 so that they can talk about, make sure all of the 12 tribes were represented, but it said 70 because God had one tribe that was going to turn from and another tribe that was split. So he's got 70 elders on purpose. And, And he tells us we've got, you know, the moon hits the same time, everything about God, because life is about him keeping everything in a finite measure, finite temp and temperature, finite fluctuations. You can't, you know, you can't vary some things, especially when you get into the whole chemical kind of thing, you can't vary things too much because it's going to turn into something else. Right.
0: right.
1: You, too much to the right, too much to the left. And so God, this is what people hate about. Um, The Bible, when it's preached, because they call that religion, why? Because it's binding. The word religion means binding, and they don't want to be bound to Jesus Christ. I want to pop into his mall, run over there to his bodega, run down the street to his cafeteria, his cafe, and hopefully a little bit of his bar, get a little wine of the spirit. Remember we had that whole era where everybody was drinking, and they equated Jesus to drunkenness? Well, if you tune in Sunday, I have the answers for that. And we, I break into that. I break that devil down. See, because we don't realize that God was able to take a, a, and, and to call a former angel a devil because he weighed him in a balance. He measured him. He said, your measures are off. Your effects are off. Your emissions are off. Your exudances is on. So he kept, because he, he said, this is how much this angel of this class and this measure should do. He has steps. So everything about God is measured. It's measured because measurements don't mean the same to God as they mean to us. And yet, in some cases, they do. In order to get the chairs that you're sitting in, there had to be specifications. Specifications comes from specify. Specify is a variant of species. See, so we don't, God, the whole scripture is specifications, and we don't want that. Well, because we don't see how damaging it is, or we can't see the invisibles that are pushing forward into the visible realm. So we just decide that it's okay. Everything is okay. Satan had to get rid of measurements because he failed. And he had to downgrade it to material things because he can no longer measure souls. He can't measure a soul's quality, state of existence, or status. But Jesus ended up being God's amazing, permanent, only, exclusive, if you will, template for creaturehood, all creatures, because everything's in him. So in him with animals. In him were birds. In him was water, the economy, ecology. It's all in him, and I'm gonna tell you right now. I have I've been talking to Jesus about this for about several months, and as I'm talking, first of all, I know it's not anything that I would want to bro- broadcast. Probably won't broadcast. We'll feed it to my mentees if they are up to stuff. You know, because you cannot, mm-mm. you know, you can't do you can't do ABC. You'll never get up to A, hey, Z. Z. I will not see you into anything.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm
4: just drinking my. Um, so
1: you have to understand that you know, because I, I hear people say things like, "Well, I, I don't, I, I don't just see, I don't see the miracle, baby." Let me tell you something. Before you become a miracle, you're going to become a miserable.
0: <laughs>
1: that man, Jesus said, "But I crucified my son to enter His glory. Who are you?" I put my son on the cross. He never did any of the stuff you all imagine. Mm -hmm. And I still killed him. I slaughtered my son. Jesus says, should not the son of man, he didn't say son of God, should not the son of man be crucified to enter into his glory? Mm -hmm. We want God's glory without the guts and the grit. Mm -hmm. That's not happening. And you know why? Because God doesn't. God's not in it to fail. And if he knows that essentially his power will be, produce failure in you, he will not give you his best.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, if you have a calling, he'll let Satan give you some stuff. Wow. Because, see, the Spirit of God left Saul and a distressing spirit mm-hmm. took over. That spirit was authorized by God. So you understand that all of these signs and wonders that you're looking at, they're not all God's. That's what he says in the book of Revelation. But you want to play the game. You don't want to learn the measures because if you don't know measurements, you won't know restraint. You won't know liv- limits and boundaries. You won't appreciate containment. Wow. That's what it is. You know, like this is beyond the scope of God. This is beyond God. This, uh, this is not something God would say. How? You measure, you measure it. You know, the Bible said the... the Ear tests words like the palate tests food. See, you ought to know those things, and those things ought to be your regulators. Regular means measured, means metered, means tempered. Is this okay to share with you all here? Because I know that it's very analytical, but God is, the logos is the root of logic. We are illogical because we are abstract and theoretical. We're theological, which, with more theory than technology. And so you're going to appreciate this. I'm excited about what the Holy Ghost is doing. I just love this man, you know. I tell him that every morning. So we are at the you know, Paul Bryan show, but I want to talk to you about something you have not considered, talking about measurable, because you can't define without measurements.
0: Yeah.
1: What does A mean? When you look at those numbers on your computer or those letters on your keyboard, they all have numbers in back of them. Is that true? You look at that A, you, if you don't believe me, you go in your computer, go in the word, and go and hit symbols. All of those have, le- every word has a number. So it's X amount of dots that's going to make an A measurable. Everything is. So I want to talk to you today about Jesus is biotic gospel, because we think, we, we think we're behaving like Jesus,
3: and we're behaving
1: according to our perception of Jesus. So you're going to have to ask yourself, every time you say this is the Lord, is this the Lord because it's scriptural, because it's his body, it's his Bible, or is this the Lord because it's my perception and something I can live with? See, we can't tolerate the real Jesus because Jesus hurts your feelings. I don't know about you, does he not? That man's mouth, I'll be like, anybody else out there? That man's mouth, I'll be like, Jesus? You almost want to say, Lord? Honey, he will say it. I'm telling you, and he doesn't care how long you've been with him. He doesn't care about how you've been with him. He wants you to understand. I don't care about that I am that I am. I am the Lord. I change not. He said, and because I don't change, you're not consumed. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if, if I come off my stance of righteousness, I give up my mercy, I give up my grace, you're dead. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I love the passage in Job when it said if he can make up his mind, mm-hmm. set his mind on it. You know, P- Prophet Norman loves this one.
2: She, he said,
1: I set my mind on it, and I decide to inhale, what does he say? All flesh. What did he say, Apostle? All
2: flesh will
1: perish together. See, to together. He said, and what man will return to the dust from whence he came? I said, even the dust is measured. And he told Abraham, count the stars. Abraham, I can't count a star because, you know, stars are really funny. They're little sneaky things. You start counting, you know, you got it. Next thing you know, they got all their family coming out the back room. Where all these stars come from? But he said, he said, But I can number the stars. Everything to God is that. How many people he wants where. How many populations. How many people he wants to touch your life. How many people he wants out of your life. Everything is about that. Everything. But he said, if I make up my mind and I decide I don't want to have you all hanging on me any longer, he said, I just pull back my spirit, all flesh, we we'll die. We we'll all die at once. Yes. We don't have to worry about a population explosion. Won't, if there won't be anybody around to even tell us that we're gone. Go. Go. <laughs> they won't be able to say because we're all gone. So nobody can tell the story. The news can't be told. The only people that can help us out are the angels, and they're gonna be too busy sweeping us up. <laughs> so they, no, <laughs> like. And, and, and every day, God makes the decision not to drop us. Instead, he just drops off those that are a burden and that are toxic to what he wants. Oh my. He just drops them off. That is a – that was – I, I sat down one day debating with the Buddhist.
0: Okay.
1: So y'all think I just came by way of – y'all think you're ready for God's power. You can't even handle his adversaries. What did Apostle Holt say Sunday? He He said <laughs> – <laughs> you all need to listen to Sunday from my apostle out of Portland, Oregon. And so, this man is probably talking about really doing a whole 360 and then leaping way above. He has really I mean, he ministered to the body and he ministered things that I had never said to him because that's not something I do with my apostles. But um but he said, "But he prepares a table before me where" On that I never Wait a minute hold on I got to have With God's enemies We're not even talking about You know because The king has the same enemies As the God of the land They share enemies (laughs) They share enemies All right. See we think we got enemies Different from God But we do not Have that So he said But he prepares A table before me In the presence Of my enemies I was done. I had to, I put him on pause in my mind.
3: <laughs>
1: Wait a minute. So you mean to tell me that we're fighting to get to a table where we face off with the enemy, with our enemies? Are we wise enough? Are we smart enough? Are we bold enough? Are we strong enough? Are we educated enough? Are we informed enough? Because, see, David had to learn over a period of about 17 years. Right. How to deal with God's enemies who would become his when he sat on the throne. I said, hold on. Because we want to go out and see, if you're a church, you want to go out and sit at the table with the lost and the weeping and the poor and the pitiful. But if you're a sovereign, you better be ready for your enemies. You better be ready for God's enemies. (laughs) I, I said, hold on. I'm going to tell you right now, as surely as Jesus is Lord, I got (laughs) a breakthrough. See, because I understood now why God said be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. We need the wisdom for God's enemies. To defeat God's enemies, which are my, we, and when you rise to your position, you enter ministry, you uh, become a leadership, oh, Lord, don't become an apostle and prophet, if you're doing that, you're doing so, see, go ahead, babe, she can only hit it in the rest, she can't even lift her hand up again, let me help you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we might
1: baby, get a good ring out of it. Oh, go ahead, you haven't hit the liberty bell, huh? But since you mentioned it. But I want you to understand that is why we lost this. Because we got to the table and we went to the table as evangelists. We went to the table as charismatics. We went to the table as denominationalists. We went to the table as theologians. But God said we needed to go as sovereigns. We, yeah, we just wanted to eat. We want to get out there and then say, "I sat it's home and sos house and whatever." But he said, "At the he said my enemies. You're gonna to have to have enemy training." And that's what the Bible is all about. It is not it's not about the whole redemption thing that we're thinking. No, those are all those are all byproducts. They're the aftermath of that dinner at the table with the enemy. So we want to go to the table and share Jesus. God, like I want you to go.
0: Jesus.
1: You ever notice when they really get, when they really feel very, very deep and spiritual? We just want
0: Jesus. Jesus,
1: and I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Jesus is at that table to win. He is at that table as the supreme being. He's at that table as the sovereign of sovereigns. He's at that table of the maker and breaker of devils. He's at that table of the maker and shaper of his sovereigns, his children, who are sovereigns and priests for him. And we keep going to the table as if we're supposed to be friends. We're going to get all upset because they said said something we don't like. You did not go to the table of heaven. You went to the table of hell. And every time you go to hell's table, you need to be ready for hell.
2: I'm
1: telling you, and when you
2: think about everything at God's
1: table, First Kings 19, what does it say? God had a meeting, all the hosts of heaven. When God had, when i talk about table, Job, God's got a meeting of the sons of God, and who shows up? Amen. Satan. And he shows up for two reasons. Number one, he shows up because he had to come. He had to come because, A, God called for a meeting of every son, he's still a son. He had to come because, B, he was interested in nosy to see what's going on, and he was exploiting his access because he didn't have that same access any longer. Oh. And number three, he came to find out who, how he could dethrone the one power God was bragging about on the planet. And Job was a king, and he said that. Job said, I sat as king. And if you want to understand what to do at the table and how to do this thing, you need to study Job. You need to study. Come on, somebody. And you need to study David because Jesus patterned his human self, which is us, after David. You need to study the Proverbs. Solomon, king. Even Ecclesiastes, Solomon, jaded king. All them, all them wives really messed him up He had too much of that sniff in his nose Boy lost his mind and lost the kingdom as a result That many wives, that much women around you That's way too much estrogen
0: <laughs>
1: Way too much estrogen And so I just want you to know That God is always, always, always to reign and rule, but we don't know what reign and rule means. We don't know what reign and rule means because when you think about reigning and ruling, you think about us getting people saved. No, no, she knows what she's doing. Come on. We think about reigning and ruling. We think about being good Christians, not sovereign offspring of the Godhead. Okay? We're always thinking about that. We want to be good Christians. We want to talk in tongues. How come I'm a messiah? We can't sit at the table with devils without trying to save them. Well, you know, God wants them to. No, no, no. God does not want to save them. No, if he wanted to, he would have never lost them. He does not want to save devils. He wants to do what the devils want to do with us. He wants to exploit them. He wants to strip them of their power. And guess what else he wants to do? He wants to replace them with you. Come on and hit a bell. See, that's what you don't understand. You're not not there to see to it that they are comfy and cushion because they're not at your table for that reason. He wants to replace them with you. God got ready to replace Balaam with Moses. Up until Moses, God was working with Balaam until Moses got ready. And then Moses got in power. And then Moses' word produced millions of Jews and toppled a nation and took down the the pharaohs of the dead. See, then God was like, okay, so Mo, you ready to do this thing for me? And so what did he do? He gave Balaam his last task. He said, this is the last time I'll ever use you. And it's unfortunate that at that last time that Balaam also met the real Almighty and wasn't, wasn't fed or, or um, audiated by his angels. See, angels were handling Balaam for God, and any angel was. And when God wanted to intervene and interject, he then used his angel. But Balaam spoke by any. That's what divination is, speaking by any fallen angel. And so Balaam spoke by that, and then he gets to the end. And what's the end? He said, thus says Balaam, whose eyes are open. So what are we understanding now, Balaam? So your eyes were closed all this time? Thus says Balaam, who sees the visions of the Almighty. Okay, so whose visions were you? That's why it took seven animals to be slaughtered for him to get that. But the time that he didn't do it, is when his eyes were open, and he saw the visions of the Almighty and he got the word of the Almighty. Now, remember, we're not talking about anything redemptive because the law hasn't existed. We're talking about this is still like a Job-type situation. Mm -hmm. And so he said uh, the visions of the Almighty. And then he goes and he said, but I see him, but not now. A scepter shall rise. Are you understanding what I'm telling you? So a lot of your early days, you are, God is mediating with you through angels. You have to earn the right for that until we got the Holy Ghost. And even then, God tests you. So the Holy Spirit runs everything. When you read Hebrews, it says that the law was mediated by angels.
2: Right.
1: Isn't that interesting? So you have to – that's what discernment classes is all about. That's what it's about for you to be able to say, I am going to learn God. I said to um, my my wonderful um, church in Joliet, I said, but you have got to think granularly because God's a granular thinker. Mm -hmm. He said you have to have faith as a grain of a mustard seed. I'm done with the grain. I I don't even know. What's that, salt, powder, sugar, flour? I don't even
0: know. (laughs)
1: You realize a mountain of flowers still has grains? And so we don't want that. We want to say we have the mind of Christ and we think in chunks. We're like a clunky computer. We don't think diagnostically. We don't think granularly. We don't think uh, uh, according to specifications. We don't do that. We don't think weights and measures. You know, way back in time, they used to tell you to weigh your words. Do you remember? Weigh your words. Weigh your thoughts. Now we just, everything is blurt, blurt, because Satan needs blurt, blurt to get blah, blah. You'll notice now that we finish our sentences with blah, blah, blah. Don't we? We used to want to get to a whole intelligent thought, okay? But now we go blah, blah, blah. Why? Because they're not weighing anything because it doesn't weigh anything. God calls them puffs of smoke. Those are whip statements. That means my brain ran to the end of its computation, calibration, and uh, calculation, so all I can tell you is blah, 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 and then dot, dot, dot. Isn't
0: that
1: the truth? You know, and you do it yourself because you don't want to take time to go back into your thought line and reconstruct what your mind sent to your brain. So you want to blah 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 dot dot
2: dot. Yeah, see,
0: etc. Okay,
2: Doesn't what. Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: and so we got all of those non-thought constructor to let you know you can fill it in with whatever picture comes to your mind. But that's where we are today. We don't want to think granularly. We don't want to measure our thoughts. We don't want to weigh our thoughts. We want to, and and trust me, people don't want to read it, because on the other side, he's trained people to not want to read it. Oh, I just skipped over that. I just skipped over this. I just skipped over that. And then I want to know why I got 14 cogs left with the bank I was trying to put together. I remember my first bike I put together. I was so excited. I said, oh, I have all of these cards left just in case I might need them. Something happens. I didn't realize I put the thing together wrong, but I skipped over. I went to the point, you know? You do that skip over reading, scanning and then skipping. Scanning is not enough. You got to scan and skip. Okay, I got, and then when you say, I got the gist of it. What is the gist? A piece of gr- <laughs> You got a piece of gristle. All the steak is still on the plate, and you all, all you want to eat is the gristle.
0: <laughs>
1: Isn't it the truth? Yeah. I got gristle. Just read, the, and that's what we tell people. Just read the gristle. My dog won't eat the steak, but God says strong meat. You know, and they like to change it to food. But I'm gonna tell you why I know it was meat. Because in that era, one of the things I got from watching all those period pieces and documentaries, they didn't eat vegetables. They ate more meat than they ate anything else. Meat was the big deal because you went out, you killed your meat. Now they had the bread, but they didn't say that. They said strong meat. So there were meat that were really there's meat that is very gamey, and a lot of those people had those those bucks in their thing, and they had all of those you know the deers and whatnot. So wild game, thank you. See, because you know she worked with wild game. This, this woman, I don't care what she looked like. I just want you to know. That's all I'ma say. She come here talking about how they skin deers and cats. Oh no, not this tiny little no God. But but they're a thing. It's very true. But they're very gaming. And so that because when you killed it and you killed it and it was it, it stunk. We didn't have that kind of you know whatever unless they, they they froze it. So when they said when God wrote strong meat, Paul wrote strong meat. He wasn't talking about a dinner out at a restaurant. He was talking about something that was killed. Mm-hmm. And what do they always say, killed and dressed? How do you dress something you're skinning? But I'm going to leave that alone. Skilled and killed. So he said, but strong meat belongs to those who are mature. And you think, okay, I can stop at mature. No, no. When you look up the word mature, we, we really, mm He said, who by reason of what? Use. And use is metrical. By doing it over and over again, by repeating it again and again, by doing all of that, he said by reason of use. Have there what? Senses. Anybody remember what he said about the senses? Exercise. So. Exercise. Again, repetition, redundancy, iterations to discern what? See, many people drop both, but both is that decider in it, both. That means God wants you to know as much about evil as you know about good because evil is the opposite of good. And if you're going to be wise as serpents, you need to discern evil Mm -hmm. so you can flip it to good. So I've been studying, and I'm sure that my chief prophet will appreciate this, She's been asking for just to, see, just for the record. I'm thinking just because you're close to me, you get everything. Because I don't give them everything at all. They have to wait years for some things. I don't know how many years you've been waiting for this one. But and she taught my whole book, you know. But the gospel is in scripture, a minimum of 104 times in the King James version. Now when we we walk around and we say gospel, what we're really talking about is the gospel package. Okay, the, the volume of the book that holds gospel, because the gospel is very involved. Now, I have biotic because we've been on this journey that, that everything about Jesus Christ is biotic, and everything in Scripture is biotic because it is the word meant to become flesh. Oh, i got to hit something. See, all Scripture is meant to become flesh. All scripture is to be fleshed out. And the word became, and the word became, and the word became. So we as those who are born of the incorruptible word of God are to be the flesh version of the scriptures. That is why, see, you think that they're fighting the Bible because of religion. They are not because ain't nobody fighting the Quran. I do not hear anybody fighting the Quran. Not once have I heard them say, get that Quran off the desk.
0: Right.
1: Not once have I heard. As a matter of fact, what I hear is that we get rid of the Bible and we sneakily teach people the Quran. Nobody trying to step off those beaters. They want those beaters. We want all of those right. Sacred Taoism, all of them. No. See, that's why you have to stop acting like you are defeated. Of people, you're not God's defeated foe But his defeated foe wants you to not know he's defeated right. That's why we're doing our drills Pastor Ashley is going to talk to you about the drills We're going to have them next week, our little drill cards right. okay? And then we have the Warriors Creed Which is going to be a, a package that we're going to offer you next week So you need to understand that only Satan knows that the scriptures are correct other than Jesus Christ, he was the only one to know that God's word is power and that God's word brings life. The interest of your word brings life. The only Satan knows that, and that is why he keeps pumping the unsaved and the unenlightened to, re- to resist and hate the, the scriptures because he knows one single word from God. Let there be light. That's That's not a real Bible. That's just let there be light. And guess what? Light showed up. And so he knows that because he knows the scriptures are in the spirit. Hear me, because this is really good. The scriptures are spirit. Jesus said unto us, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So he's saying every word that comes out of God's mouth is spirit, and in God's mind, spirit and life, Are synonymous There's a difference between supernatural Which is what Satan has And spiritual Which is God Spiritual contains Supernal and celestial So you need this wisdom Because you're trying to fight a battle Based on your feelings And he knows your feelings can't fight Your feelings can provoke a fight But your feelings can't fight Your emotions, sentiments cannot fight. They provoke fights. They provoke contests. So, he knows that. So Satan knows. I'm talking now to the offspring of the Godhead. I'm not talking to those who just go to church because you got nothing else to do on Sunday. I'm not talking to those who just run into church with your little cart of clothes and your little play clothes because you don't intend to be changed. I'm talking to those who are of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I'm telling you, Satan is afraid of you because he made a bid to, uh, to oust God, and he lost and he lost, and you are God's trophies. You are showing him every day that he missed it, that he was wrong. Anybody got me on that? So he understands what the word does. That's why he keeps trying to shrink it. He keeps trying to pervert it because he knows one word of God. As a matter of fact, God doesn't even have to say it because he can just think it. Uh Because his thoughts are sonar. So he can think it. So he knows that. So what does he work hard to do to get rid of the Bible? He keeps trying to get rid of the Bible because he can never get rid of the scriptures because the scriptures are in the Holy Ghost. You know, I'm reading, that, I mean, these people, you know, they're called to have all of these meetings, which is why I'm really praying for the body of Christ, because they're having to have all of these meetings, telling us Christianity is dead. Well, you're right, but the apocalyptic elect is still alive and kicking. We're going nowhere, because we are here, and we outrank you. So we're not buying your lie. I'm not walking around saying, ooh, the devil's scary. No, I'm not. I'm not, and I won't. We're talking about that woman and I read this on my thing the woman the governor of New York talking about it's not God if you don't get a vaccine made by the Chinese yeah. Communist Party yeah. oh. I'm like, are you kidding you first of all you're talking for your God because our God doesn't need that our God is the cure yeah. Yeah. See our God is the cure greater is he right. that's in me so you're not going to talk to me about my God sis
0: because
1: my, my God defeated God. your God. Which is why you need a vaccine. (laughs) Somebody got that. You need vaccines because your God is not the living God. Your God is the dead God. Your God is the God that lost. Your God is the God that's mortal. It's your God that brought mortality to earth. It's your God that brought death to earth. It's your God that brought disease to earth. It's your God that brought aging to earth. So don't talk to me about gods, because I'm here to tell you your God is the reason we need a vaccine. Uh. (laughs) 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 See, why am I saying that? Because I'm giving saints words. We are born again of the incorruptible seed of God. And if God lets you get COVID, it's for you to use your new creation to get rid of it. Because yeah. you can't get it without his permission. So you have to find out why he didn't intervene. And my better son says, if you are, if we outrank this, then why did you accept it? Now, I'm telling you it's a fight because we've been fighting, and we fight. And you know what? Because monarchs fight, sovereigns fight. We have adversaries. People always want to take our territory. Your first territory is your body. And I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost. So they're always trying to take your body to become the temple of doom. I'm not the temple of doom, and I will not be the temple of doom. See, but you can't make these statements if you don't get into the word of God. You can't even put them together. You see, I can pull this thing together because I'm it. I am the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And I'm going to leave this planet as the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So talk to me about my God because your God is why we're here. Yeah. But my God is get, will get us out. Yeah. Is that right? See, we, because we said, well, she just said, no, no. So y'all, y'all hear the word God and you think that's everybody. You hear the word God and you think Jesus is slumming with devils. Okay? I'm like, y'all have no idea. Because the reason that you're coming after my God is because he's so successful. He made uncountable versions of himself in us. We are here as Jesus Christ. We are here as the, by the Holy Ghost. So, no, you're not going to talk to me about a vaccine It's tied to my religion. My, I'm not – that's tied to your religion. Your God needs a religion. My God redeemed me from the – let me tell you, from the curse of the law. I'm redeemed. And redeemed means redeemed. Now, you, I'm telling you – if you're going to have it, God lets you get a cold. That doesn't mean that you're not saved. God lets you get a little bit of, you know, you can get all kinds of little dysfunction. God, sure. That has to do with what your new creation is built to defend and to fend off. That is about your new creation. That's not about mine. Because I put my girl to work. And my girl works. Is yours work? My girl works. She shows up and talks to me lets me know. And if I get off, my new creation will talk to me about it. No, we're not doing that. Oh, okay. <laughs> why? But see, it takes faith. So let me get to why I did this, because I'm almost done. So if you look at it, you have Jesus, of uh, Jesus' biotic gospel. And if you look in the center, we've got the, the fingerprint, blah, blah, blah. Okay? Let's move on. Y'all like the blah, blah,
0: blah.
2: <laughs> but didn't you need that? We needed that. Okay? Didn't you need that?
1: But we have that literally Jesus is the biotic gospel, the gospel of the kingdom. And if you look on the screen, you can take a picture of it if you want. It tells you all of the places in the New Testament where the word gospel is used. So that if you're watching online, you should, you should really take that because it's going to help you teach. And it will help you explain. You see, so everywhere... In the New Testament, the word gospel is used. It's right here on the screen. And if you pay attention, you will find out that the place where it is most used is Romans. So that means that if you want to get a pretty comprehensive sense of the gospel, then what you want to do is start with Romans. Now, one of the things that I could not show here for, t- for the sake of time is how Galatians deals with another gospel. You want to study Galatians. Yes. Galatians uses another gospel yes. again and again. So you should look for, you should study that. Because we keep telling people about, well, I believe the gospel. Well, we teach the gospel, we're a full gospel church. Are you? Are you a full gospel church? Because wow. this here is telling us where the full gospel is. So maybe you're not a full gospel church, which is why you did not get the anchoring, you did not get the sanctification, you did not get the potency, nor did you get the authority and the authenticity that goes with the full gospel. Right. So let's, what does the full gospel look like? Are you ready, Chief? Yeah. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. But look at this. I'm go- Can you all see those? Do you need me to make them larger? Okay, well, let's do it. Now, I want you to know here, before I do that, I want to go to 59 variations of the gospel. That means the gospel is vascular. It is very vascular. And when you come Sunday, I'm going to talk to you about the vascularness or the vascularity of God's makeup. So I'm telling you, so you skip church if you want to. I can watch it online. You can watch it online, but you don't get the same power. So let's look at this. We've got the gospel of the kingdom. Not to be confused with the gospel of the kingdom of God, because you understand Matthew is kingdom. Luke is what? Kingdom of God. We've got the gospel to be preached. How about this one, the gospel that opens eyes? The gospel of Jesus Christ, and then the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. No, that's not the Son of Man. See, a little different. The gospel published to all nations, full of deliverance. The gospel to the poor. How about this one? Gospel to the brokenhearted. Hey, there's a gospel that teaches. Because you see, the church is very unlearned to have the gospel, to have had the full gospel. The gospel of grace, the gospel of God, the gospel of power. Here's one, the gospel of Paul that judges people's hearts. That's very solical. We have the gospel of peace, the gospel of obedience. There is a gospel that is meant to make you obey. In other words, there are insights. There's revelations. There are disclosures that will provoke obedience and you make you want to trust God with your will. The gospel of blessing, the gospel that revealed Jesus Christ's mysteries, the gospel of the cross of Christ, the gospel of the new birth, the gospel that monetizes its messengers, the gospel that compels preaching, the gospel of commission, the gospel of dispensation. Is that a lot? We got more. The gospel of dispensation, the gospel concealed and revealed which is the gospel from the foundation of the world, which I forgot to add here. But the gospel that images God, the gospel for the churches, the gospel revealed to Paul, the gospel was preached to Abraham. What? God preached the gospel to Abraham? Check Galatians 3.8. The gospel of circumcision? The gospel of uncircumcision, the gospel of salvation, the gospel sealed by the Holy Spirit, the gospel mystery revealed, the gospel of fellowship, the gospel of confirmation, the gospel to be furthered, the gospel to be defended, the gospel of faith, the gospel of truth, and the gospel that settles. There's one more. Sorry, guys. Here's one, the gospel of hope, the gospel of the Holy Ghost, the gospel to be trusted, the gospel that tries the heart, the gospel of God's ministers, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ as opposed to Jesus Christ. Because, see, not everybody called him Lord. So you have to find out what he was and who he was. Even today, a lot of people like Jesus' gospel, but he's not Lord. A lot of people like Jesus' principles, but he's not Lord. Okay, the gospel of the Glorious, blessed God, the gospel according To the power of God The gospel of Jesus Christ as David's Seed, the gospel that bounds And liberates, the gospel of the Lord's word, the gospel preached to The dead spirits in hell The gospel preached to the flesh And the gospel that is everlasting And the last one, you can write it in The gospel that was hid from the Foundation of the world oh. Now It's very interesting because I I have a whole class based on this. It's called the gospel class. And the reason that I do it is because if we're going to say we preach the gospel and Jesus said this gospel must be preached to all nations and then the end will come, if that's the case, then it it behooves us as his messengers to know what this means to Jesus. This gospel, what, what this gospel. This gospel must be preached to all nations. Now, when he said this, we did not have 196 or whatever number nations and still more to be born. So that means when they thought, they thought that the world that then was, was the world that then, well, that will always be. But Jesus did not. Jesus is down there at Omega. And he's saying at Omega, by the time the last nation to be born has heard this gospel that I brought to earth, mm-hmm. then the end will come. And until then, all things continue. See, we
0: get some comments. <laughs> Hallelujah.
1: I just want you to understand, because I, I, I studied this, and I literally have every scripture. And in my class, they're going to tell me what the distinctives are the, of these gospels are, because otherwise, how will they know when infiltration has entered how would they know when perversion has happened? So they, we have to, we're walking through every one of these gospels. You know, when people come to my school, they're like, well, I didn't expect well, this. You, you didn't expect to be Jesus Christ sovereign. That's all I can tell you. I'm not apologizing for it because this is sovereign knowledge. This is knowledge that the sovereigns will use at the tables of the world, at the tables of their enemies. This is what they need to know. Even if you don't utter it, this is not about Scripture quoting. This is about will, wisdom wielding. We're going to wield the wisdom of the Almighty.
3: You're like, I need it.
1: She said we need it. So when you think about it, when we've been talking about the gospel being biotic, we've been talking about the word of God being biotic. Why are we saying this? Because if the word became flesh, and brought us the gospel to the planet, guess what? This is his biology. This is his, his, uh, his neurology. This is his anatomy. See, we have to know that. And when you think about it, and sometimes we don't think about it enough, but when you think about it, if, if Jesus became flesh, if he's the word that became flesh, then everything thing about him, all of his cells are pulled together to function and to attain what this gospel message is to do in others. Mm-hmm. Because if the, if, he, if the word became flesh and dwelt among us, then we became flesh. And we became the flesh that was constructed by the word, his word of truth. And he, Jesus said in John 17:17, 17, 17, "Sanctify them by thy truth, that word is truth." but guess what? We have to get to the gospel of truth. We have to get first Can we get to truth. <laughs> you know, we, we, don't, we don't have truth. Does this speak to any of you all? Yeah. We have a little bit of time. Um, I would love to hear your um, feedback, Apostle Sally, Prophet uh, Angela, and, of course, you know, Chief and Apostle Ashley will be last.
4: I think that, well, first, this last comment you just made has got me just like, let's just stop. The Word became flesh and Jesus, oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm, okay, I have many questions there, so I'll be asking you more. <laughs> but um, I think that the comment that I have regarding this, it's clearing up all of the teaching that came on the kingdom of God. You got to preach this gospel of the kingdom. You got to <laughs> preach this gospel of the kingdom. And so many times, because I was in that group when they came out with that, that was trying to preach that gospel. And I remember that you stopped me in a restaurant day and you said. Honey, there's many Gospels. And so (laughs) I had to really stop and say, Dr. Price, no, wait. Wait, wait, here's the book. Here's the book. (laughs) I was going to convince you, Dr. Price, that there was just this one Gospel we need to be preaching. But this is to clarify, and, and I'm interested really in hearing even more of it because I believe that there's something that has got to be cleared up that was taught that this left people also on that wrong doctrine mm-hmm. and we need to get this back in order because you know when you told me that and it 's been almost ten years ago, I have stopped teaching that one gospel about that At least that one little piece yeah one little piece, <laughs> and started researching what you 're doing now, so this is really interesting to me i 'm really excited about it. My family really bought into that. Particular gospel really heavy and still go. Mom, don't tell me anything else. that's all, this is all I want to know. Yes, all I want to know. Don't give me anything else. But now hearing these different pieces, this is going to be so good to uh, go back to them and have another Bible study and teach the right.
1: Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Oh yes. Well, I would. I would like us to have those kind of things. I think I would probably, huh Go, yeah, right. I would, yeah, go have a Bible study to learn the Bible. Isn't that nice? And to, and, to, and to correct it, which is why you often hear me separate Bible from Scriptures because you can have a lot of Bible versions, but there's only one Scripture, and no matter how much they try to beat it down, by the time you take and put line upon line and precept upon precept and, and make the connections, draw the connections, they're still the same God.
5: This uh, latter verse um, about this gospel of the kingdom being preached in all the world for witness unto all mm-hmm. the nations has been one of my prophetic hot-button scriptures for years. And, you know, when we think about evangelical, we have a lot of people who, tout how many nations that they've been in. But at the end of the day, when it concerns the body of Christ, they didn't take this gospel. And so therefore, we have a lot um, to still do, and a lot that will have to be accomplished by God's apostles and prophets before we actually reach the end uh, that Jesus was referring to the end that so many people want to put out these false theories and say that it's coming. It's not coming, because if you analyze the gospel that has been taken into the nations, uh, it's going back to where you started with metrics and measures is enough to show us that we've actually got quite a stint um, before we reach the end that scripture refers us to the other thing for me that is so powerful about this verse for just to dig in and think about even from that standpoint of as a prophet is the fact that he says the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all of the world mm-hmm. thinking about the fact that Abraham was made heir of the world, world. And, and so this gospel well that goes back to the Enoch thing this yep. gospel is not just about even people hearing it this gospel of the kingdom is going into the ear of every being that now has to come into the alignment with everything that must come back into Christ so this gospel of the kingdom is being propagated to all of those creatures that apostle Ashley was talking about earlier when she was referencing back to creation being a being and when we think about that ultimate statement of scripture that all things are going to be brought back into him and then he's gonna bring them before God so that God might be all in all Mm -hmm. Then um, even when you're talking about the training and the development that we need as God's apostles and prophets, this gives us a huge uh, understanding or basis to understand why we need that kind of training. We've Mm -hmm. been taught only to be able to speak to the church and not to creation and not to the being that have to bring the world back into Christ. Honey,
1: oh, come on here. I love those prophets. Those prophets bring a juice you can't get from anybody else. Ring that bell. Well, she was. That's Elsie dying. That's oh. That's the secret cow going down. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
6: Well, let's have a moment of silence.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
6: yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Strength me,
6: strong me. Go ahead, please. Um, well, she kind of, uh, ended where my mind was going to about the whole fleshing out of the scriptures Mm -hmm. and how we really do stop the power, the validity, the, all of that, the, the the whole constitution of the scriptures at the spirit, Mm -hmm. which is why we can have people living the exact opposite or fleshing out literally another deity and not necessarily what the Mm. scriptures has, you know, sent us to personify or was personified in the very flesh or person of Jesus Christ. And then we're wondering why, like you said, we can't see that breakthrough, why mm-hmm. we're in that Romans 8, why creation is still growing because it has not seen the flesh of the sons of God. It's seen a lot of flesh, but it hasn't seen the flesh of the sons mm-hmm. of God. Mm-mm. We've seen a lot of things happening, and, and we've been going out and doing a lot of antics in the name of the Lord, a lot of sermonizing in the name of the Lord, but there's not been a lot of fleshing out so that we can get to the place that we can mm-hmm. take over the power, because legitimacy is in what we flesh out, not what we confess out, yeah. and not what we pray out. Mm-hmm. But what we actually flesh out, because when the enemy didn't see the the same flesh on them seven sons, they said, "Paul, I know." No. They knew him by his flesh, but he fleshed out,
0: mm-hmm.
6: not what he said and confessed and prayed in the spirit. Mm-hmm. There was something about his constitution, the anatomy that you're talking about, that let those spirits know, those beings know. Oh wait, you ain't uh-uh. Mm-hmm. You and I telling them seven sons, no, you and I are the same flesh.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: Okay. And I'm not moving for you. Exactly. <laughs> it has nothing there. So the fact that the enemy did such a great job at robbing that, because we're all about, you know, trying to manifest, but not really thinking about what we're manifesting. So I thought that was very powerful about we are the flesh of the scriptures, mm-hmm. um, and which gives us that authenticity. And I like the last statement about our flesh is constructed by this gospel. hmm And we're we're constructing flesh in a lot of ways right now, okay? We're being constructed by motivational speakers, by shamans, by gurus, Mm -hmm. by a lot of things. And we're not necessarily being constructed by this gospel. And then we're wondering why we're not seeing, it says, I am not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power. Mm -hmm. So we're wondering why we're not seeing the power of God that's actually saving people because what we're fleshing out is not this gospel.
1: Yeah. Saving God, because he said, the name, the Lord's name, is blasphemed every day because of you. So we're actually, we may not be ashamed of the gospel, but we're shaming our God by having uh, uh, and living another gospel, by being led by another gospel. Every time we decide that we want to paint ourselves for another God, every time we want to pierce ourselves, every time we want to strip ourselves, every time we want to behave as those fallen deities. Join me Sunday, because I. Our- about it. I can't help it. But but every time we do that, we shame God. Because that's what Romans said. Romans said, but the name of the Lord is blasphemed every day because of you.
3: A couple of things that we need to have enemy training. Yes. Yeah. And not first, because a lot of times we're so consumed with the enemy. Mm-hmm. Going back to our early years, mm-hmm. the books that Dr. Price confiscated from us, and we never got back. I want to say
1: yeah, uh, that's too big enough to buy it, man. Yeah, you can go after it.
3: That's true. This is true. I have papers a couple of times, <laughs> and so uh, but those books um, about the darkness and the enemy and how we always can get so fixated on the enemy, but we enemy training.
0: Yeah, we do because
3: this is why we're blindsided now, in denial now, saying things aren't the devil when they are. And then um, we say we have to have the mind of Christ, but we think in chunks, mm-hmm. that whole blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever mm-hmm. thing. And I'm thinking, oh, how many times? Well, we do it in habit. Yes. In
1: habit because yes. we have to train our brains to want to get to a punctuation mark
0: <laughs>
3: instead
1: of ellipsis. Yes.
3: <laughs> Anything there to oh, No, those are mine. I mean, just thinking about what it means to really have the mind of Christ anybody on my line but anybody actually uh, we have we can do this one tyranny because she wrote a nice statement here so this teaching really personifies what it means for identity is the key to destiny to really understand our I, to really understand our identity it is wrapped in what we understand as the gospel the gospel is cellular and has a variety of parts and pieces that has to be explored and mastered the kingdom of god will never be truly united in or out of church without understanding the variety of dimensions of the gospel mm. did you hear us sir? well now
1: i said come on here jesus but, but you know it's really important that we understand anything else you want to share because i really i'm looking forward to god getting what he gave his life for he put his son on that cross for something and i'm just saying i want him to have it because if we can do that trust me we God can get us where we need to. hopefully God can get us where we need to be, because maybe, maybe not, because there are people who want to think flesh, but there are also people who want to think theologic, like they need that theological thinking, that theological uh, explanation, because it gets them to hide out in the unseen, hide out in the abstract, and not feel the pressure of what it means to be filled with the fullness of the Godhead. I had something, maybe I'll be able to show it to you next week, because I had something that I really had. Oh, here it is. I'll put it up. If you all don't mind seeing it. Do you
2: mind?
1: That's all right. I'm going to put it. Yeah. I'm going to put it online. Then they can all see. And this I did not do, but I have to thank God for being able to have it. But This is what I got over eight, maybe ten years ago, somebody took to draw a, to draw a human self and to fill it with the elements of Christ.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this, now that's how long ago, can they see it online, Rachel? Oh, good. Oh, that's right, because, I, because this here is why, now to think about it, and, and when I think about it, I say, you know, God, I've been on this journey a long time, and look at how long it took for this revelation to incubate and then to manifest in me. So you all have it. And and so this was a person who obviously was very, very scientific. And so this is what we'll deal with. It has the name of the person down at the bottom because I certainly didn't do this because I don't draw that well. Uh, Oh, sorry, uh, Chief, forgive me. You got it? And so, the reason that I um, that I I have this is because it's it, this is what motivated me to say because when I first saw it I was like this guy is crazy, like what are you doing I mean come on, really? And but she um, you're gonna send it to him Rachel so she'll see to it that you get it. But I this is where this all began for me. It's literally where it all began on that particular thing. I'm looking for a, a statement, if you don't mind. I'm almost done. But I just felt like let's see. I yeah, I no it always. Oh, well, it's modified. Mm-hmm, just put it right in there. So this is early 2000s that I actually got that particular image. I will tell anybody it was the it was a catalyst because once you get to the point that the Bible is literal but scriptures are organic or biotic and they're the bio the biology that brings us into divine organics if we get that then we will have a different approach and then people will stop saying well i just I'm not you and I can't be you and I can't do we don't i'm not no no. If you fill with the fullness of the Godhead, you are, you are everything God is. Now, you may not want to use it. You may not want to incubate it. You may not want to grow it. You may not even want to recognize it as there. You may love your fleshly self, but don't lie against the truth. Don't lie against the truth. You like, you like your ego, enjoy your ego. That is your, that's your altar. That's your dinner plate. Then you eat off that plate, but don't lie against the truth. Because God said, as he is, so are we in this world. That means that you may be as he is as an infant, as a toddler, as a, as a youngster, as an adolescent. You might be there, and as a very immature adult, that might be. But the fact of the matter is that if you decide to put your faith in what he said happens, because remember, the blood comes from the soul, the spirit Jesus took his blood to heaven. It was the blood of the spirit. He put it on the altar of God. So God literally had to get his blood on the altar for all creation to be redeemed, not just the pieces we know called human. So if you don't want to do it, that's fine. But he sent me to tell you, you have an out. I've given you, you know, we think Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Well, one of the ways he is is the way out by his truth, the way out of death, Into life So I had a great time Did you all enjoy today Did they enjoy it Yes Well then I am going to end it Join us Sunday at the Embassy home of the congregation of the mighty Where God stands We have 8 o'clock Sunday school with prophet force And then yeah, Yes we do Prophet powerful force That's what I'm going to say and then we have 11 o'clock service me. You don't want to miss this because we're coming back to this subject, but I got a revelation on just digging into this that is also going to help us make us rethink the things that we are settled in because you think you know your personality, but is it yours or is it someone else's? God bless you. Share, 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 and sow, sow, sow. And I really do need you all to sow. You know, not only sowing because, hey, this is a good word. I'm not asking you to sow for the past. I'm asking you to sow for the future. But this is not only is it time-consuming, but I want you to sow because it's encouraging. And right now, it would be great if some of you all would encourage me so I know that what God has given me to do in the future will be able to get done. I love you much. God bless you. I bless your house. I bless your children. I bless your babies. I bless your marriage, your jobs, your career. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a good weekend.